Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jason Reed and Daniel Preciado. For the 17th time in franchise history, the Los Angeles Lakers are champions, Daniel. It feels good. It's a great Sunday night. Had a full day of football. Had some playoff baseball. Got to wrap it up with the Lakers winning their 17th championship. I, I can't even put it into words, man. I mean, it was it was kind of it felt like it was coming against the Heat. Took a three one series lead, and then Game Five happened. We actually didn't post after that because we were just so sad. Kind of mad at Danny Green. Um, <laughs> didn't post. We're waiting for the celebratory episode, and here we are, 17 championships, fourth LeBron's career, first for AD, first for Dwight Howard, first for your man Alex Caruso. Daniel, how are you feeling? Oh my goodness, man. It is, this victory is sweeter than I ever expected it to be, honestly, man. <laughs> it's been so long since the Lakers have won the title. I actually did the, the math the other day. I'm, I was nine years old, man. I was about to turn 10. I was like nine and a half the last time the Lakers took it. Um, now, you know, I'm 19, I'm almost 20. I'll be 20 next month. Crazy, man. It's crazy. It is crazy. And I, you know, if there's any non Laker fans listening to this, which first of all, I don't know why, but if there is, um, yes, the Lakers, Laker fans are spoiled. Yes. We've won 17 championships. Yes. We've won one every decade dating back to, I believe the sixties. I think the sixties was the last decade where the Lakers didn't win a championship. Um, I could be wrong about that. Yeah. They won in 1960, I think. We'll have to fact check that. I know they won in 72, and then they had Showtime, and then 99, right? Or was the first – it might have been the 90s then. Was the first 3P technically 2000? It might have been. I Anyways. think it was 2000, 2001, 2002, correct? Or, okay. yeah. So, yeah, the first season right. started in 99. I'm still counting that as every decade just for the sake of argument. We win every decade. Yes, we're spoiled. Yes, in my lifetime, the Lakers have won six championships. I might not remember all of them, but they've won six championships. Oh, well, get over it. We're the New England Patriots. What can I say? Uh, it, it just, it, it feels good, especially, you know, everything going on that game five, uh, you know, things start going through your head. The heat have the momentum. It's three, two. If the heat can steal a game six, anything can happen in game seven. Anthony Davis is a little banged up. Uh, you know, the heat were getting healthy at the right time. Uh, it was worried. There was things running through my head. I've seen playoff collapses happen before. I just watched the Clippers blow a 3-1 lead in the second round. Let's not forget that. I've <laughs> I've seen the Dodgers, my baseball team, collapse on the biggest stage. Unfortunately, this year hopefully doesn't happen. Um, oh, man. Well, let's talk about that for a second. If we get Lakers and Dodger championships within like three weeks of each other, man. The city of L.A. will be humming, man. It'll be humming. Man, dude, that'd be that'd be phenomenal. And then, I mean, I would say the Rams or the Chargers, but honestly, if like the Raiders won the Super Bowl, that'd probably be more LA celebration than than the Rams or the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, honestly, um, it feels good just seeing them on that stage. You know, seeing Anthony Davis. You know, he was getting a little emotional. LeBron, kind of a weird uh, post game speech. I don't want to say speech, but the interview. I wasn't expecting him to go that route because LeBron's always kind of like that humble guy. You know, like yeah, he he could be a little brash here and there, but he's humble. It's all about the team, all about the city. And he straight up said, like, I want my damn respect. And, I mean, you got to give it to him, man. Um, yeah. Just how this team was put together, you know, all the the receipts that have been thrown out on Twitter, all the Clipper fans laughing at the Lakers. I remember I wrote an article before the season. This is back on LA Sports Hub. Um, I wrote them for both teams. I wrote it because we covered both LA teams. I wrote three advantages the Clippers have over the Lakers, 
three advantages the Lakers have over the Clippers. On the Lakers one, I wrote that the Lakers had better depth. I truly believe they had better depth. Yeah, the Clippers had, you know, Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell, but I believed after that the, the Lakers were the deeper, you know, all the way to the 10th, 11th man team. And I got so much hate for that. So much hate. I remember writing that they had a better defense, or at least they're going to have a top defense. Got so much hate for that. And it was like, you know, yeah, these guys weren't expected to do much before the year, and that might have been just blind optimism on my part. But Rob Palinka, you know, he got some good guys. LeBron, they all bought in. Um, it's just great, man. It feels great. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I agree with you on the Clippers' depth thing, too. I think the Lakers are just one of those teams that, like, you know, all the pieces, what's the saying? Like all the part, like the sum of the parts is greater than the whole. Yeah. Or what is that? Yep. Yep. Yeah, you right. That's exactly the way the Lakers are. I mean, they have AD and LeBron at the top, sure. But when you look at the depth pieces, everything really just came together. They had everybody to serve a purpose yep. and everybody was a star in the role. And that's why the Lakers are the NBA champions. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and then, you know, obviously the Kobe dynamic, uh, you know, his tragic passing back in January. They did this for him. You know, hopefully, you know, feels like he's down smiling at us, him and Gianna. Um, you know, that's just fantastic. Obviously, we all wish he was here to celebrate that. But, you know, his legend carries on even when he's not here. And, you know, and this is just another example of why. Um, you know, that's another. It, in a year where everything's been so hectic and, you know, it's the whole world. And I know not everyone can celebrate a sports championship like we are. Some people look at sports as silly. You know, some people just have other teams. Um, so I don't want to say this is a, you know, a saving grace for everyone, but it is nice, you know, kind of being on that receiving end, just have something positive from this year. You know, the small victory sports at the end of the day is escapism, um, you know, and it just to get that little bit tonight, it felt good. It really did. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to touch too on how good, you know, just the bubble ended up being. Oh like, yeah. The NBA had absolutely no coronavirus cases and you're looking at the MLB, you're looking at the NFL <laughs> and there's cases all over the place. You know, the NFL yeah. season is in question at this point. MLB somehow pushed through it. But just testament to the hard work of the NBA and just kind of what they've done uh, to prevent, you know, spread and allow us to champion or uh, crown a champion this season. And good thing it's the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, and hats off to the players too. You know, I know some people are like, they're millionaires, they got mansions, they're fine if they're away from their families, you know, but the end of the day they were still away from their families you know some families came in later but like in lebron's case he hasn't seen his kids and his wife in 100 days um i don't care who you are i don't care how much money you have in your bank account i don't care what you're doing for a living if it's just a game like that's hard that's really hard um you know so hats off to them and yeah like you said everyone working in the bubble you know from the hotel management you know to room service or what is it the people that clean up uh maintenance maintenance that's what it is um just hats off to everyone yeah, they had a little bit of an advantage because they only really had to play the playoffs and then the eight seeding games, but that still lasted three months. I was thinking about it. Like, this MLB season, the entire MLB season is only going to be, like, what, three, four weeks longer than the NBA bubble, which was eight regular season games and then the playoffs. Like, it was just it's uh -huh. crazy to think about. Yeah, pretty crazy, man. Like, But, yeah, I'm, I'm just happy that we were able to crown a champion this year. And, you know, it's even sweeter that it's the Lakers. Uh, because it definitely wasn't question, man. I remember back in March thinking, you know, sports are dead. Sports are done yeah. for the foreseeable future. And everybody kind of worked together. You know, all the all the moving pieces came together to uh, allow us to see an NBA title uh, be played out all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that feeling. Those bleak days in March and April and May and June. Um, until like the end of June, I think, end of July. Um, just like sports are never coming back. Sports are dead. Uh, <laughs> I gave up on it. Um, 
and it's kind of hard to put myself back in that place but yeah it just it's a testament to everyone involved and it's fantastic um game six was fantastic we got to talk about the game itself just a little bit um i feel like there's kind of it's weird there's like a lot to talk about but there's not a lot to talk about because for me personally this didn't feel like a basketball game like i don't know if you felt the same way like I missed the first half. I'll be honest to you guys. I was out out and about. I unfortunately my shopping, my grocery shopping went a little bit little bit later than I wanted it to. So I did not catch the dominant first half, which is when the Lakers actually took the big lead. Um, you know, to kind of coast the rest of the way. So I just saw the second half and you know highlights from the first half, of course. So for me, it didn't really even feel like a basketball game. They were up thirty by the time I was watching, and it was just kind of like coasting. Don't have an you know absolutely huge collapse. So that first half, Daniel. Yeah. I know the narrative is the defense. The defense was phenomenal. Just walk me through it. What were they doing right? You know, you said it was like they were playing 2K on rookie mode. That's what you texted me. You know, what was going yeah, on? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Uh, in that first half, it was just the Lakers doing their thing, man. Defense was fantastic. They were getting to the rack at will. They just, I think it's the best game that they played in the playoffs. And I mean, the score's kind of not exactly evident of that. I, what did they end up, end up winning by 13? 13, yeah. Yeah, see, at, at certain points in the game, you just knew it was a blowout. The Lakers pretty much went from playing just you know their style of basketball to playing like a pickup game in the second half. It was it was not it didn't look like NBA basketball. If that's kind of what you meant by what you were saying, I yeah. agree with that. Um, the Lakers just they had it all the way through, and really not much else to say about that. Like they just looked great. They just looked great, and they looked like they were hungrier. Yeah, man, I was so I checked my phone. I was at Target, uh, checked my phone as I was checking out, and it was nineteen sixteen. I was like, okay, we got another close game. Um, went home, went through the car wash, did that thing. Got home, and the Lakers were up like thirty four, and I was like, what the heck happened? Like, how how did this happen? And yeah, I was looking on Twitter, looking at some of the highlights, texting you, like just the defense was phenomenal. You know, Frank Vogel doing his thing, man. Defensive scheming. I mean, obviously the players doing their part as well, but I really like this coaching staff. Um, one huge move he made, long time coming, started the season, did not even play the first game of the season, did not play coach's decision, Alex Caruso in the starting lineup, Daniel. How did that make you feel? How Were you oh, smiling? Were you so cheesing? <laughs> you know what? I didn't see it get announced prior to the game. I saw like the Shams um, tweet in the middle of the game, and I saw Alex Caruso check out there and AD take the jump, and I was like, wait a minute, like, Alex Russo got the start and I started looking and everybody was all happy. And so was I, man. Like it's just almost a reward. Yeah. You're playing a very critical game six and you don't want to go to a game seven and trust your guy, Alex Caruso to go out there and ball. Like, I, I don't think you could uh, give him any better of a reward, honestly, outside of finals MVP, which he a hundred percent deserved, but you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, just overall, I thought it was great. I think he's going to come into next season with full confidence. The Lakers love him, man. And I know LeBron does too. I really see Alex Caruso becoming one of those, you know, storied Lakers that isn't a star, but totally you love like a Lamar Odom yeah, or you know, guys along those lines. I really see Alex Caruso just kind of evolving into that type of player. Yeah, this was his third time starting this year. He had two starts in the regular season. Uh, this is their first win with him starting. So, um, Interesting. Oh, he started at Indiana on the 8th, so that was during the seeding games. And then he started uh, February 29th, leap year, a day after his birthday, actually. Um, yeah, when I saw that news, I was like, oh, Daniel's going to love this. And I agree completely with you. Like, He's going to turn into this gritty role player, uh, does things that don't show up on the box score, like you always say, your favorite saying to say in the world. Um <laughs> He's just that guy. My computer is making noise right now. Orange juice ad. Um, 
he's that guy, man. He's that guy. He he does things. He's going to be with the team. And everyone says he's overrated. You know, there's the non-Laker fans. It's like, why are you hyping him up so much? Bleacher Report. It is a little bit overdone. I will I will be honest. Um, but, I mean, he came from nothing, man. He was undrafted. You know, he was. I think he was on the Thunder and then got waived. Was in the G League. Was just kind of a G League guy. You know, you go watch him play for, what, $8 tickets, whatever the South Bay Lakers charge for tickets. Um, worked his way up. Got some, you know, end-of-the-season looks. And... Look, starting an NBA Finals game. Like, who doesn't love that story? Yeah, yeah no one's no Laker fan is saying he's act. No one actually thinks he's better than Michael Jordan when you post that meme, guys. Like, why are people getting so mad about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, his story is really a good one. I love underdog stories. I mean, didn't love the Heat underdog story for obvious reasons, but <laughs> I, I absolutely love the Alex Caruso story, man. He just he deserves every little bit that he's getting. He's such a hard worker. Like, there's not enough good things I think I could say about him. And I know the organization absolutely lo- loves and adores him, and they know how critical he is to the future of the franchise, honestly. It just as a role player, you know. he LeBron's going to take him everywhere he goes. I, I have a strong feeling. It's, they have that really, really good chemistry that I don't really think LeBron has with every single role player he's ever played with. You know, there's, yeah. there's certain guys that follow him along, sure. Um, like a Kyle Korver or, you know, guys along those lines. J.R. Smith. <laughs> J.R. Smith's another one. Yeah, on the <laughs> Lakers now. Um, but, yeah, that's the way I see Alex Caruso, man. I was just – I was really thrilled to see that the Lakers decided to reward him. J.R. Smith, man. I was thinking about that today. You know, a few months ago, you know, there was all the, you know, stuff going on in, in the country and whatnot, and there was, you know, the protests in the L.A. area, and someone was – vandalizing his car i think it was and then he was like he actually like kicked him and stuff like was beating him up yeah he was you know he he went from that a few months ago you know what i mean like wasn't even in the league hadn't played since the beginning of the 2018 2019 season comes into the lakers is i'm sorry i said this from the get-go is terrible jr smith is not good anymore he was just like we need someone to throw out there in the seating games so we don't play the other guys too much and someone gets hurt uh, I don't think he he never played in the playoffs. Like I think he checked in maybe a few minutes here and there, just in garbage time. But he never actually like played. He averaged he actually averaged seven minutes a game. Wow, that's a lot more yeah. than I thought. It's two points because though. when they decided to bring him in, it was blowouts. <laughs> yeah, two points, twenty seven percent from three. He shot. Uh, hold on, let me look at this real quick. In the seating games, the he played six seating games. Down, he shot nine percent from three. <laughs> Oh my God, <laughs> Jr. with the henny. Um, it just I was like thinking about it. And I was like, man, what a finesse! Like he went from not even being in the league, and now he's an NBA champion. He's got his shirt off, celebrating with everyone. Like at least Jared Dudley can say he's been with the team. You know what I mean? And like he was that veteran yeah. kind of presence for Kyle Kuzma or whatever. Like Jr. just showed up and got himself a ring, a quick payday, and he's off, dude. He's going back into retirement. Like <laughs> that's. Dude, that's awesome. I'm happy for him. Yeah. Respect for JR, man. I respect JR for that. (laughs) (laughs) And then same thing. I mean, at least Dion Waiters was signed back in March. I mean, he didn't really play. I don't think he actually played before the the season was on hiatus. But same thing. He didn't really have a role on this team in the playoffs. Um, And he's got a ring, man. That's all that matters. Yeah. Um, Since we're talking about slightly undeserved rings, I just want to say that Costas Antetokounmpo has more rings than his brother, the superstar (laughs) Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hey, man. It is what it is. He's going to have to come to L.A. to, you know, catch up to his brother. Oh. You know, there's no way. Like, I'm sure they might see some potential in Costas. But I feel like 60% of that reason they signed him was like, we're going to get him in the door. 
and if he turns out to be good like great then cool but the number one goal is we want him to see the Laker way and that to somehow trickle to Giannis like some backdoor tampering um I'm not reporting that that's the case but I could totally see that being like the main reason why he's on the Lakers if I'm being honest oh yeah totally just like I remember uh you know resorting to baseball here when the White Sox signed all of Manny Machado's like family members <laughs> yeah. trying to sign him, that's kind of what it reminds me of. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers just signed Thanasis onto their G League affiliate. Yeah, I, that was a great name, Thanasis. I'm proud of you for getting that right the first time. I would not have gotten that right the first time. Um, oh yeah, Thanasis Antetokounmpo. But he does have more rings than John Giannis. Um, one person I am very happy that got a ring. In all honesty, is Dwight Howard. Uh, he didn't play tonight. He was your uh, gold player. He didn't really have a big impact on this series, actually. That's why he was removed from the starting lineup. Um, obviously, he's not an all-star anymore. He's not the number one guy on this team. Um, but if you look at his numbers, really, you know, yeah, he's had a bunch of, like, you know, off-court shenanigans and whatnot. But he's got Hall of Fame numbers, and that ring is the one thing that eluded him. And, yeah, he wasn't the guy necessarily for this team, obviously. But, you know, that ring helps his Hall of Fame case if it wasn't, you know, already obvious before that. And just seeing how emotional he got, you know, he had that that Instagram live where he's telling people to never give up on their dreams and one day they'll reach him. And I just, I'm happy for him, man. I know he's been through a lot. Some of it deserved, some of it undeserved. Um, it's just good to see him, you know, finally reaching that ultimate goal that's eluded him for so long. Yeah, absolutely, man. I agree with you. And didn't he have some some passings in his family this year? I believe so, yeah. He had, it was something. Yeah. He was, I think it was, oh, I don't want to be wrong. I want to say it was his son's wife or his son's mom, but they weren't together anymore. Oh, that's right. Yep. That's what it was, man. You know, and he seemed to be really personally affected um, by that because, you know, that's just one of his kids without a mom. Yeah. And he pushed through the whole season, man. And he was rewarded with a ring. And I, yeah, I was watching that Instagram live too. I saw like a little snippet of it on, uh, on Twitter. He really deserves it, man. He really does. I, he's been so up and down for the last few years. He's been called a, like a like a clubhouse cancer type of player. Yeah. Pretty much an outcast in the NBA. And finally, you know, he, he really got a shot for playing time with, with the Lakers this season. And he was fantastic to start the year. Obviously, he didn't play as big of a role just because it's the playoffs and the nature of playoff basketball. You know, he gets played off the court or whatnot. But, man, he really came out with fire this year and on a veteran minimum contract just to redeem himself, and he got a ring. Uh, so, you know, props to him. Yeah, not just a veteran minimum, a non-guaranteed contract. You know, he could have not yep. been on this team at all. Um, and it, he did play a role in the playoffs. It wasn't just like, oh, he was a regular season guy. Like, yeah, he got subbed out of this series, you know, played off the court. He didn't play against Houston. But he was really big against Denver, you know. I mean, Jokic had a really – not I don't want to say – really bad for Jokic's standard series in the Western Conference Finals. And Dwight just took on that Lance Stevenson. He was just like a pest to Jokic, man. And he was, you know, getting physical. Jokic, I, he got in foul trouble one of the games because of it. Um, and he was, you know – he was solid in that regard, and he definitely contributed. You know, I, I don't want to say the Lakers wouldn't have been able to win the NBA Finals without Dwight Howard, but he definitely did, you know, do something that led to the result. It wasn't a Jared Dudley. It wasn't a J.R. Smith or Deion, Deion Waiters. It was, like, legitimate contributions um, that helped in some regard. So I'm happy for him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, crazy yeah, stat. Great. I texted you about this. It's not really a stat, but just a crazy moment. Um, I don't. I haven't seen people talk about this enough on Twitter. The last shot of the Los Angeles Lakers, like championship winning season, a season that lasted a year, started in China and had all that stuff go on, you know, and then the hiatus, now the bubble, everything going on in that regard. 
such a crazy year. You got LeBron, you got AD. You think you're going to have Boogie Cousins, and you don't have Boogie Cousins. Dwight Howard has the last shot of the season, and it's a made three-pointer from Dwight Howard. Like, that is just yeah. such the perfect bookmark on this season, dude. So garbage time. I don't know if you saw it. Garbage time. He walked up to court and pulled up from deep and just drained it. It, it was phenomenal. It really was. Yeah, I saw somebody pull up from three, but I didn't know it was Dwight Howard until you texted me like, whoa, did Dwight Howard just hit a three? <laughs> <laughs> I was in shock, man. Because I've seen JaVale McGee pull up from three. Uh, obviously very rarely, but he'll he'll pull up at random times. Yeah. And uh, just seeing Dwight Howard with confidence too. Man, I didn't even I didn't even look twice. It just got drained. Fun fact, that was actually his first career three pointer. He's 0 for five in his career prior. So good for him. Wow. Good for Dwight Howard. Um, yeah. It, it's just, you know, that's what I'm obviously if I texted you last year in July with everything going on, just the global pandemic and everything, you'd be like, what? But if I just text you just after the Lakers signed DeMarcus Cousins, like, hey, next year the Lakers are going to win the title and Dwight Howard's going to make the last shot and it's going to be a three. You would have been like, what? Who is this guy? Are you, you know, are you okay, Jason? <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. So, seriously, just a, a storybook ending, Hollywood ending. <laughs> so they need to make – I was thinking about this. So they make the cha- – I don't know if they still make the championship DVDs. Um, they should. I proclaimed when Cody Bellinger robbed Tatis' home run that that was the start of the championship DVD. Um they just need to make a special one for Dwight that builds it up like that three pointer, like really like sealed it. You know what I mean? <laughs> All this hard work yeah. came down to this shot, and then just Dwight taking a wide open three and nailing it. But just make that copy just for Dwight, or it could be the Dwight Howard edition, and you could buy it separately. Like that's that's what I need. Um, that is so funny. Maybe I'll work on it. Maybe that's something we could edit for fan sided. That'd be funny. Like detail Dwight's oh. career, his pass to the finals, and <laughs> just his three that didn't make any difference. <laughs> I'm sure, it made, so I'm sure it made a difference on someone's tease or something somewhere in the world. Um, yeah, maybe. Also, I won something betting related, Daniel. We didn't pick for game six because we were a little sad. We, we didn't record. Got some things going on. So we had to go back to game five. We both went one and one in game five, which means in the NBA playoffs, I finished 19 and 19. You finished 18 and 20. So I won by one game. Round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nah. No, congratulations, man. One by one game, one pick in what either can I direction. Say? What can I say, man? You know, I work hard. Uh, I analyze the numbers all night. Um, you know, I really put a lot of thought into these picks. I don't totally wing them when we're recording. They're totally, you know, pre-prepared. Uh, you know, pre-prepared. Um, that it's just what it is, you know. I just do a lot of research, and it pays off. 1919, that's a winning record. 500 is a winning record in my book. Oh, man, are you taking shots at me? <laughs> um, no, never. I would never do that. But, you know, I don't ever beat you in gambling, so it just feels good to actually beat you once. Um, yeah, congratulations, Especially man. after going one and two in my NFL, three NFL picks this week. But that's okay. We're not talking about NFL. It's an NFL podcast. You went two and one, right? Yep, sure did. Anyways, uh, last thing I wanted to close up the podcast with, or last Lakers-related thing. I want to ask you, so I've seen, this is like obviously the new thing that's popping up on Twitter because it's relevant and whatnot, and it'll probably fade, but it's already been a debate forever. The GOAT debate. You know, it was kind of weird, you know, after Kobe passed, everyone's like, let's stop talking about who's better, let's just appreciate them all, and now here we are doing it again. Um, LeBron's fourth championship, fourth finals MVP, first player ever to win with, like, first star player to win with three teams you know robert Ory did it with three teams but first guy to be the leading guy on three separate title winning teams uh different franchises um how close does this put lebron 
to Michael Jordan and does it, you know, does it surpass him? Is he quote unquote tied? Like, how do you view the Michael Jordan versus LeBron James debate? Granted, we're both young. We didn't see Michael Jordan live, but I just want to get your take on it. So, you know what? I did say this when LeBron was signed to somebody that's a huge uh, LeBron fan that I know that if LeBron won a title with the Lakers, I would call him the goat. And, you know, I'm a huge Michael Jordan guy, even though I didn't get to see him play. You know, I, I still believe that just analyzing everything, the finals record to, you know, just everything. I still might think Michael Jordan's a tad, tad greater just in the goat debate. I think LeBron is a better player and I will always stick to that. Okay. But the thing is to me, there's a difference between being the greatest player and the best player. I think LeBron is the best player of all time, but just given Michael Jordan's kind of cultural impact, I'm going to continue to say he's the goat until, you know, LeBron does something else. I think Michael Jordan was more of a larger than life kind of figure uh, than LeBron James is. If that answers the question. Yeah. No, I and it's I agree with you completely. And I think people just argue different things. And at the end of the day, it's subjective. Like we're never going to have an answer. That's the funny part. You know what I mean? It's never going to be like, okay, this is the answer. It's not like championships with a team, you know, like you you can use championships in the goat argument, but you can argue which NBA team has been the most successful. You just look at the championships, you know, that's a pretty, you know, you could establish it right then and there. This is subjective. There's so many different things to take into account. And I kind of like almost agree exactly with what you're saying. I, again, I didn't see MJ play live, but just watching the Last Dance documentary, it opened my eyes into something. I didn't realize how big of a superstar he was because um, mm-hmm. LeBron James is big. You know, he's the biggest uh, American sports athlete, I think, in America right now, just in terms of popularity and whatnot. I agree. And Michael Jordan was like on a whole nother level. Michael Jordan was like the Beatles. You know what I mean? Like he went to France like in the Last Dance and people were swarming for him. Um, you know, LeBron, yeah, he has his following – but I don't think my mom would freak out if she saw LeBron James. She might freak out. Like, she might be like, oh, wow, it's LeBron James and send me a picture. If my mom saw Michael Jordan, she'd freak out. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. There, there's just those those superstars that reach that. I think, like, Tiger in his prime is probably another example. He was just a superstar. He was bigger than the sport itself. Um, so Michael Jordan is always going to have that. And, you know, he kind of – yeah, he had Showtime Lakers and everything. But I feel like he was, like – kind of brought in the modern i mean basketball is different but just in terms of you know he was before social media but he was right before that and that's when you know people started you know he his shoes and everything you know his marketing and whatnot he kind of turned it from being a team sport yeah magic and larry had their thing into being his own personal brand and that's kind of how basketball and all sports really operate now he was like the first guy to do that so he was so big and obviously he was so good like he six for six in the finals his will to win, you know, great score. He could, you know, he was great, great competitor, um, great defender, everything. But in terms of all-around skill set, I would agree with you. I think LeBron James can do more as an all-around basketball player than Michael Jordan can, you know. Um, And who knows, if Michael Jordan plays in this era, maybe he commits himself to a three-point shot because he just sees that's what wins games and he shoots 40% from three and he averages 50 points a game. Who knows? Um, that's the debate that is fun, but I agree with you. I think in terms of all around talent, it's probably LeBron. And to be honest, there probably will be someone down the line eventually who surpasses LeBron because it's just human, you know, evolution, you know, people get better at things. Um, but yeah, I think Michael Jordan's still the face of all time basketball, um, probably the goat, but I'll probably still say LeBron is the goat just to piss some older people off. Um, Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's interesting. I mean, 
the one thing I do hate about the debate, and again, it doesn't really matter. I don't know why I get worked up, is the six and zero versus the four and six argument. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's just weird. Like, is it would LeBron be better off if he didn't make the finals in those years? If he was four and zero in the finals, but those six losses he lost in the conference finals, would everyone view him better because he's four and zero? You know, so. I think the only really bad finals was the Dallas one. I think all the other ones, like, he, he didn't have the better team. I think that's, ac- a- like, absolutely fair to say. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Know. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, yeah, it's definitely something that is going to be talked about for a long time until, you know, another GOAT kind of appears. Uh, there might be people on this podcast that think Kobe belongs in the conversation. Like, I'm just going to say no. Um, <laughs> we love Kobe, <laughs> but. LeBron and MJ. Um, yeah. I think For Kareem now. needs more love. I don't think he is, but I think he just needs more love. We need to just talk about him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just bring him up when we're talking about it. We don't have to go in depth. Just say his name. Just say Kareem's Kobe. up there. Um, you're talking about- <laughs> oh, I was talking about Kareem, not Kobe. Oh, you're talking about Kareem. Kobe's like, I don't know, top 15. Yeah, I think Kareem needs more love. Yeah. Kobe, I, I piss a lot of people it? off with that. Kobe's like top 15. I think you probably agree with me there. Oh yeah, he. I would. I would probably put him like fringe top ten. Oh, people are upset at that. Um, yeah, people are really <laughs> upset at that. Who would you? Uh, this is completely random. Who would you right now? Current player in the league that has the. And I don't want like a Kevin Durant answer. Someone who's already established, like a younger player. We'll say like under twenty eight, who has the most potential to be. I'm not, I don't want to say surpass MJ or LeBron, but at least like put themselves in that all time conversation. All t- who has the best potential to become an all time top 10 player like amongst younger players 28 or younger i can think of two right now off the top of my head that i think are i would put you know a lot down as a bet on one of these guys being a surefire top 10 player of all time and that's gonna be luka Doncic and Giannis okay perfect answer i was thinking luka as well luka's a beast Yeah. yeah i think luka is already kind of you know one of the best youngest players we've ever seen in the league um so, yeah, I, I would say it's between those two. It could end up in, you know, results as top 10 players. Luca averaged 28.8, 9.4, 8.8. 9.4 rebounds, 8.8 assists a game. 46 shooting, only 31% from three. But still, that's incredible. He's so good. He really is, He's man. So he good. really is. I, how did the Hawks? Trey Young's good, but Luka Doncic is light years ahead of Trey Young, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, Luca's like Luca to me is a generational talent, and Trey Young's kind of just good. Luca Doncic is LeBron James. Trey Young is like a Russell Westbrook. No, their play style isn't similar, but I'm just meaning Trey Young probably could get an MVP one day if he has like an insane scoring year. But I don't think he's maybe. I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't want to say anything. I'm gonna make myself look dumb, and then freezing takes (laughs) is gonna uh, come after me. Um, now that the Lakers season is over, though, uh, we're obviously not going to be doing post-game podcasts because there is no games to talk about. We really don't know when the next season's going to start. I know they floated around Christmas, you know, December dates, but I know it's a moving scale or whatnot, and they're going to, you know, determine. It's, it's not set in stone right now. It could be December, and we just have, like, a 50-game regular season. Maybe it's a little bit later. Who knows, you know? I hope. I think their plan is to hopefully not do another bubble because that's really hard to do over a whole season. Um you know, and obviously things have to be a little bit safer for the players and they have to have protocols in place, everything. So this offseason is a little bit of a weird one. Uh, this is our first offseason as a podcast. I think the plan right now is continue to post twice a week, most weeks, maybe three times a week, you know, if there's enough content. 
Uh, we'll talk the basic stuff. The early offseason stuff will probably be like free agent targets, um, you know, who the draft's coming up. So we'll have some draft content. You know, that'll obviously come into play. Um, you know, what decisions Plinka should make, all that kind of stuff that's relevant. We also want to get some guests on the show. Uh, it could be bigger guests like when we had Jeff Perlman on, or it could be, you know, just smaller guests like some other fan-sided side experts or some people in the Lakers community. Maybe we'll get Clipper Daryl on here. Who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. So that's the plan. We're just trying to, you know, spice it up a little bit, start integrating guests into this. And then once the next regular season hits, you know, we probably won't be doing post-game stuff every single game for regular season games. Um, and that's when we'll start implementing more guests and whatnot. So it's going to be a transition period for us. Off season, you're supposed to get better, and we're going to get better. That's a promise. Um, Daniel, you got anything else? Oh, I think Daniel's mic cut out. Daniel, what is this music? I'm leaving this in. This is an outtake. Are you okay, sir? Dude, my mic jacked up again. <laughs> we're leaving this in. This is an outtake. We no, just won the. No. We just won the title. We're leaving this in. Lake Show Life outtakes. Daniel, no. you got anything else? <laughs> We're sending it off anyways. I got to sing our outro song, my friend. You got to sing it. You got to sing it. So you got anything else, my friend? Uh, man, this win was sweet. I'm glad that, you know, we just started this podcast and we were able to cap or uh, started off with a NBA finals win. Like how sweet is that? I know. That's great. Perfect timing, man. Perfect timing. That's all <laughs> I got to say. Go Lakers. I be balling every day, every day. About that money now, I'm all about that pay, about that pay, yeah. I be balling every night. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do what I like. Whoa. I be balling every day, every day. Signed a check and now I'm all about that pay, about that pay, yeah. I said I be balling every night. I do, I do, I do, I do what I like. Whoa. Go Lakers.